I'm Robin Amlo of IBS Intelligence. You're listening to the IBS iViews podcast. With me is Luke Massey, Chief Executive Officer of VibePay. And we're peering into the old crystal ball. What are the key themes that you see for 2022, Luke? I would start with the sort of the number one thing that I think is on uh, everyone's lips at the moment, which is embedded finance. Seeing a number of products and services coming together to really enhance the end user's experience, whether that be consumers or small businesses, or even medium to large businesses. I think financial services technology is moving at a rapid rate, which means that new products and services can be built on top of that, which are more efficient, add more value, and it means that more people in the supply chain can benefit from such services. These are phrases that we use a lot in the industry, open banking, embedded finance. They mean diddly squat to the consumer, but they are going to change the way they do things, aren't they? Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's one thing that myself, whether it be personally talking on Twitter to Vipay users or Vipay talking to our community, we try and avoid using terms like open banking or embedded finance because uh, they just don't care. They don't mean anything. What consumers are, are more interested in is, you know, what does this feature mean for me? How much money can I save? How can I move money around in a more efficient way? How can I avoid the middlemen? That's ultimately what Vibepay is trying to do, which is use technology and take advantage of legislative changes such as PSD2, which is open banking, to offer a service that enables people to to avoid the the old card rails. So a prime use case of that is this emerging economy where people buy and sell things online. You know, the creators, the makers, the doers, which are, are ultimately the new SME. Since COVID, a lot of people now have multiple income streams. They have different ways of receiving money. You know, one minute they're buying and selling something on a marketplace, whether it be Facebook or eBay. The next, they're creating content and streaming on channels like YouTube or Twitch. They have different ways of getting paid. And and prior to open banking or account-to-account payments, they'd have to rely on a third-party middleman who could hold on to the money with no explanation and charge them fees, which make it incredibly hard to transact. So... Rather than talking about open banking, we talk about the benefits of open banking to our customers and say, you know, using Vipay, you can get paid instantly and keep more of your money, which seems to be a huge selling point for a service like Vipay. The rise of a creator economy, an online creator economy, is actually going to fuel this, and I hate to use the words again, embedded finance, open banking. It's going to bring that into sharper focus. I think it's going to enable it, is is the word I would use. I think consumer behavior always drives innovation. There's there's always a, a huge demand. And then the two blockers are either technology or legislation. And I think in this case, the technology exists to move money on, say, the, the faster payment rails. And the legislation now uh, means that there's no barrier to doing that because the banks have had to open up their infrastructure. But what has been missing has been a product or a brand or an interface that the end consumers can use and can trust. And that's the void that that a product like Vipay is trying to fill. So Vipay talks to our end users in a way that is different to everyone. We understand them better than than other financial services and certainly banks. We understand that one minute you can, as I said, be a a streamer. The next you could have a part-time job. The next you could sell something on uh, Depop or Etsy. These are places where a lot of value is being created. And prior to this enablement, you would have reasons to not do it. What's the point of me selling something online when I only get my money in 21 days? Or what's the point of me creating some content if 
these platforms are taking 30 to 40 percent you know the, the, there's reasons for me not to do it whereas now those reasons for not doing it are being removed okay we've been talking about the creator economy and and how people are reacting within the financial services industry this is a dynamic model as well things are evolving things are changing what's happening in apps we're talking about increasing speed of development there as well aren't we starting with, you know we talk about the word creator economy but you know people have a, a view of what that is but i mean ultimately we're a nation of shopkeepers we always have been nine people out of 10 businesses are smes this is the backbone of the economy and the economy is really changing what people are failing to understand is is that small businesses are now becoming individuals who are looking at their cost base and rather than having people that they're, they're using technology so now a one-man band can scale pretty quickly and this is having a knock-on effect to how people use other financial services for example banking and this is why banks like Revolut, Monzo and Starling are winning the SME war. That's because they understand that people want parts of features, not an entire suite of, of products. So banking's changing. And then you're seeing other elements of financial services change as well to meet new demands, whether that's buy now, pay later services, which is basically removing the onus from the financial service, which used to be the bank who offered credit to then the retailer, and um, now, uh, now the benefit is with the with the end consumer, which is where it should be. So yeah, it's really interesting to see how behavior is driving technology change, and it's doing so quicker than we 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 ever thought it would happen. Do you have a clear picture of an endpoint, or is this a continuous evolution? It's a continuous evolution, but I think we've got some really good macro examples of of how these moving components to any ecosystem could come together in in terms of a a solution, which is. You look at products like WeChat or Alipay in Asia, and we're starting to see the likes of uh, Square and Cash App in the US, uh, which are doing a great job at consolidating, bringing SMEs and consumers together. I mean, essentially, that's what Vipay is trying to be in Europe. Uh, we're trying to build a brand new experience that, that bridges the gap between brands, SMEs and consumers on top of open banking. But even then, I think like any market, there will be the market is fragmented, then there comes together consolidation and then there's fragmentation again. And I think that's the continuous evolution of things. I think we're at a point of time where payments and data is exactly where telecos industry was 10, 15 years ago. Although I'm still young, 28, I do remember having to top up my mobile phone and pay 12 or 20p uh, a text message and £1.50 to make a phone call. Teleco's industry was entirely built on a high uh, per call, per text transaction model. And when voice over IP, which was a new technology, came in for messaging and communication, they dismissed it at the beginning. And uh, a lot of the telecos said, well, we'll continue charging the way we are. And then once a product like WhatsApp came along and was reliable and was a way to call and message people for free on the Internet, the telecos industry had to change. And the ones that didn't died. And the ones that did had to change, fundamentally change their uh, value proposition from, you know, a per uh, SMS and per call model to a monthly bundled model where you pay 30, 40 pounds a month and all your texts and all your calls and all your data was included. And even then it was competitive. So they had to throw in things like hardware to win the consumer over. And that's exactly where we are with payments and data. Moving money from A to B is now a commodity. And once open banking is reliable, and there still is some some shortfalls there, which is why a lot of the VC and smart money is still going in the infrastructure layer. Once that is reliable, brands and products and services like Vipay have an opportunity to thrive. 
Well, the dirty little secret of banking for many, many years is the fact that it was all a commodity. Agreed. And because it was a commodity, it had to be dressed up. But that dressing has gone and it's come down to the basic services. And this, of course, is where we bring back the idea of embedded finance. That's a commodity. It's a commodity service. Making the payment is not my end goal. Receiving the goods and services I want to buy is my end goal. Making the payment is just a way of doing that. Agreed. And that's why the, the products and services that are really winning are, f- are really focusing on the experience. So, you know, we have this saying in, in Vibe where nobody wakes up one morning and says, oh, I want to pay my friend or, you know, get paid back by my friend. What they want to do is they want to wake up in the morning and talk about the night before. You know, you was one drink behind me or, you you know, you were slow drinking last night. And by the way, uh, you owe me £10. Transactions have always been conversational. And it's just that they've been happening in different ecosystems. You've done your banking over there. You've done your messaging over there. You've done your shopping over there. Whereas when you bring together those moving parts into a conversation, that's where a, a true experience replicates you know, the physical world. Even when you go down to the market stall and you, and you barter for a product or service, there's an interaction there. It's an experience. Handing over the £5 or £10 for the goods or services is, is the easy bit. And that's where a lot of these products and services in the past have focused on because that's where the, the business model is. But shifting that value exchange over and saying, okay, how do we create more value is exactly where the market's going. And that's what you're seeing coming up in 2022 is more of that embedding in conversations of the payment function. Yeah, absolutely. And I've, I've, I've talked recently about, you know, the, the fight for a super app and, you know, really focusing on, on that end user. And I think the, the company that can bring together the best product stack and move quicker and own the relationship with the end user will ultimately be the brand that captures the most value. You know, you've seen brands like Klarna absolutely accelerate and become Europe's largest unicorn. Closely behind that is Revolut. And what what do those two guys have in common is that they own the end user. They own the relationship with the end user. They're, they're a brand that's recognized. And that's the exact same in Asia with Alipay and WeChat. So yeah, I think the second thing that I see happening in 2022 is consolidation. I think there's a lot of smart, small teams that are working on open banking, different parts of the ecosystem. Vibepay is trying to own the relationship with the end user. There's other founders that are working on insurance, or there's other founders that are working on rewards. And I think what will happen is once the smart money inevitably moves up the supply chain and from the infrastructure layers, the likes of TrueLayer, Tink, Plaid, Yapley, because there's still problems there, once those problems have solved, and the money inevitably moves into the business and services layer, I think it will naturally find teams that have complementary skill sets and, and already have more than one part of the ecosystem there. So I think these small teams, rather than trying to build the, the whole ecosystem themselves and own the whole pie, I think there'll be a lot of consolidation in 2022. Luke Massey, Chief Executive Officer of Vipay, thank you very much.